0: Hey everybody, this is Matt from the Mady Chats podcast, and I just wanted to let you all know that there are uh, some places where you can keep up with my episodes. Currently, I have a Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram page with links in the description, so make sure to follow all of those for updates on the podcast. Also, our podcast is growing already into what platforms it's available at, so make sure to check out anchor.fm slash Chats with Matt to see if it's offered at your favorite provider. That is A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M forward slash M-A-T-E-Y-C-H-A-T-S-W-I-T-H-M-A-T-T to see if it is offered with your favorite provider. Thanks for tuning in and I hope you enjoy the episode. Okay, so my guest today is one of my childhood best friends. Uh, He's the guy who taught me how to play trumpet initially. We went to church together, also an Eagle Scout. We've gone through a lot of things together. This is Christian Coward. Christian, how are you doing today? man, what's going on?
1: Glad to have me on today. I was actually really looking forward to this. When I first heard you were doing this, I thought, dude, this sounds like a really cool opportunity to just get, uh, you know, as many like band friends and old friends and stuff as we can to get on here and kind of tell stories and stuff and just have a good time.
0: I like that idea. So, I say let's just go ahead and get right into it. So, uh, one thing that a lot of people probably know about us already, uh, maybe not our UAB friends, but just people that's known us for a long time, is that we've kind of been around each other for just about all of our middle school to high school college life.
1: Yeah, I mean, whenever we were younger, like, I mean, just even before middle school and high school, we grew up kind of going to the same church together and stuff. So, we've been around each other's families and stuff for a really long time. And so... um you know, uh, there came a certain point, uh, later on, I think we, we ended up leaving that church and going somewhere else, but we stayed in contact because Matthew started doing band and stuff. Right. So, you know, that really got me, uh, kind of more involved with him because I was playing my trumpet literally constantly all the time,
0: just shoving it down everybody's throat that I was around. like, look, we're doing this, we're doing this, we're doing this. I would remember back in, uh, When we were having our Venture Crew meetings, you would come in and you would have your trumpet with you and you would just start wailing out in the uh, gymnasium. And then somebody, I can't remember which time it was, but uh, one time the pastor came out because they were having a prayer meeting and had to ask us to stop. Because, I mean, we were just having a good old time in the gymnasium.
1: Oh yeah, he came out there and he said, well, I didn't really mind it too much because he said, said, well, who's playing Amazing Grace? And I said, well, me. And he was like, well, that's crazy. We were just having a prayer meeting. And I was like, well, awesome dude. Good for you guys. <laughs> That's pretty cool, I guess,
0: you know. <laughs> so let's go ahead and start out with uh how church went. So we both went uh to Sumpton First Baptist. Uh that was where we kind of grew up in our uh our home church and whatnot. Uh I initially didn't go there at first. I attended Dora First Baptist uh because I went to the kindergarten there and my mother worked there as well, but uh we left there and came to Dorf into uh, Something first i don't even remember when we came over there goodness i, no idea, I you? was young oh, yeah. i was i was pretty young yeah
1: it was way too long
0: ago i think i was in second or third grade so maybe like 2006 ish 2007 ish and i remember i grew up in i was in the preschool class i don't know that we were in the preschool class together no, but no, no. i know that we were in uh Dennis's class for a little bit. Uh, I can't remember what age group he did. I think it was up to 12-year-olds. I did with him for a little while. But, um,
1: but yeah. And we, we ended up, I don't remember how old I was when we left there and started doing other things. But we left and we, I want to say we were just AWOL from church for a while before we started going to Bethel or something like that. And then uh, that kind of gets us on up into the older years. So whenever you, you know, I remember you first came over to uh, to my house when you were like, And you were like, yeah, I'm going to start trying to learn how to play trumpet. And I was like, dude, (laughs) dude, I was like, that's really cool. Do you want to like get started like now? And you were like, yeah. And so we did some work on the math piece, started like working on buzzing and stuff and getting all that stuff going. And, um, you know, I, I was working with a couple different people at the time because people would come to me in high school just every now and then and ask me to teach them this or that, just little things. And so a lot of time I was, I was already kind of used to seeing people like, um, you know, get into band and kind of get into it a little bit and then quit or never take it any further or do whatever, which is fine. Teach his own. But um, with Matthew, it ended up being really interesting because when I found out he was going to be a music major, I was like, oh my gosh, this is actually really, really cool. And it really was like a full circle moment for me.
0: Yeah, it was a really interesting story how I decided to join band. So basically what it was is uh, me, uh, one of my best friends and I, we did everything together growing up. But we had a little bit of a falling out in freshman year. You know, that stuff kinda happens whenever you get into high school. You you disconnect from your uh, from your old friends and you all you each go on your own individual life. And it's been really awesome. That's been one thing that's been really cool is just seeing him grow up and what he's been doing. I've just been absolutely ecstatic to see the stuff that he's been doing. He's uh, and he's just been killing it here lately. He's he's got himself a good life ahead of him from all the stuff he's been doing, but we had us a little falling out and I really didn't have any friends at the time, but the people that I talked to and break and stuff were all in band. And so after talking with them a little bit, I remember one of my best friends, Josie told me uh, whenever I decided I was going to join band, she looked at me dead in the eyes and said, do you want to risk the, what was it? Your personal image of all of your friends to wear a funny hat. <laughs> oh my God. So, Wow. That was that, and whenever I told her yes to that, she was like, All right, well, I guess it sounds like a good idea. So uh, I didn't know what I was going to be able to do to get into that because, of course, this means I completely skipped beginning band and my first three marching seasons that would be because it'd be seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth yeah, grade. Yeah,
1: yeah, you came so in late. Yeah,
0: I came in in January of 2015. Yeah, January of 2015 was my first year, and so it was in about November, December of 2014 when we got started. That's insane to
1: me, because this coming fall actually is my 10-year anniversary marching season. For me, it's it, this. This fall will be a, a ten years worth of marching, and so I'm actually really, really excited about that. And I'll go ahead and tack on eleven too before I graduate with the next one after that because I'm a music ed major, and God forbid we have a four year plan. No but, kidding. But yeah, um, it was actually really, really cool to see uh, to see Matthew and then a bunch of these other kids that went to. It was really interesting because that kind of brings us on to the next kind of part of that, which is the fact that Matthew and I went to rival high schools. And so our our football teams hated each other. A lot of the kids that we went to school with hated each other. Um, It was really, really interesting. But um, one of the reasons Matthew and I always got along so well was because, I mean, first of all, band, but also uh, scouts. We were in Boy Scouts together and um, in the same troop, which was actually based out of Dora. So I kind of learned early on to like, you know, get along with the people that went to Dora because I had so many close friends that went there. And I mean, I had some friends that went to Corner, I guess, but. Well, I had a lot of really good friends that went to corner. I shouldn't say that. For sure I did. But uh, I had a lot of really, really good friends that went to Dora, too. And so I, I kind of never really understood the uh, the like bitter hatred that there was, which not everybody felt. But um, it was definitely present. And so it was really, really interesting to uh, to get to work with not only him, but ultimately I went back and worked with a bunch of kids from Dora on, on
0: a lot of different things. And it was actually really, really fun. Scouts was really interesting for me because – Uh, I joined scouts whenever I was in third grade with my, with again, that same friend. And we were, I think we would do, we were definitely in cub scouts. I think we were bears and, uh, our, our bear leader, we, you know, he was always involved. We always got everything done. And the funny thing was, is he was more involved in it than I was, you know, he was more about getting his ranks and stuff like that until we both got into wee blows and somehow my dad got in on it. Uh, yeah, your
1: dad was new on that scene I think whenever I showed up.
0: Right. My dad was he wasn't uh he did scouts back whenever he was a child, but he never really got too big into it. I think he may have earned his tenderfoot, which was the first rank and then he was kind of out of it, but pardon me, that's the second rank. Scout rank's mm-hmm. first. But he ended up being the Weeblos leader, which if anybody knows anything about uh, Boy Scouts, the way it goes is uh, it's structured from first grade, you're a tiger cub, second grade, you're a wolf cub, third grade, you're a bear cub. And in your fourth and fifth grade year, you spend as what's called a weeblow a Weeblo, which is an acronym for We'll Be Loyal Scouts. And it's all about learning the skills that you're going to need for whenever you cross over, for say into the Boy Scout program, which is now Scouts BSA, I think is what they're mm-hmm. calling it these days. Mm-hmm. But my dad took over that program. Mm-hmm. I don't really know when he did that. Uh, it was definitely, well, I guess it had been a year after I was, I joined Scouts. He he got really involved with it and was enjoying being around the kids and stuff. And he really had a passion for teaching us about the outdoors. So it was really interesting having my father as uh my weeblows leader which we we would have been in weeblows together wouldn't we or was you already in scouts i want to say that because it was like a two-year deal right right so we we must have been a, at least for a couple months yeah
1: because and and i only had i came into Weeblo in like my last year of it and I, that's right i did like everything i thought it was the coolest thing ever when i was a kid and so i went into scouts and i still felt that way and I uh got my Eagle Scout uh, right after I turned fourteen. Really, really young. And I was really, I was really, really into it. But it was really good to get it so early because I really spent the next four years just like enjoying the program, having fun with my friends, going on camping trips, just you know, fighting with the scout leaders and, and of course and, you know, I mean I was telling somebody a story the other day about we we always got into it with Greg. And Greg was is like this uh is this really tall, kind of heavier set guy. He um, he was always giving people crap. And, and it was funny because we had like a little group of us, you know, me and Kyle and Corey and everybody, and we right. were always giving Greg so much crap.
0: It was and, always in good fun there. Yeah, right?
1: we just straight up got into like a martial arts, like hand-to-hand situation one day when we were at summer <laughs> camp. And uh, uh, I remember Kyle ended up getting his, like somehow he fell or something. He got his nose all bloodied up. And Kyle was like, "All right, I'm out of here. Goodbye. See y'all later. I'm bailing." And all of the, and me and Corey were like, "Dude, you can't leave us here with Greg." And Kyle was like, "Bye." And you know he was like really fast or whatever, so he takes off running. And then Corey decides, "Oh, I'm turning on you." And it's me and Greg versus you. And then I was just straight pissed. I was like, "Dude, how can you do that?" And so then it's me and Corey, and now Greg's just watching us like go at it because Greg's like, "I don't even know what's going on anymore." And then Corey tries to like kick me. And I like grabbed his foot up or something, and I think I, I had some kind of like paste, like toothpaste or something, in my hand. I think I squirted it like down his butt crack. <laughs> what in the world? <laughs> he got so mad. <laughs> he just like. Oh my I, hey, well, I turned him around. I grabbed him by the, the back seat of his pants. I like put some toothpaste or whatever I had. Oh in his pants. Gosh. He got so mad, and then I ran. I was like, oh, I'm a cop. No, I
0: know. Now I know I was at the summer camp, but I don't remember. Th- no was this when Corey worked on staff, or was this no the,
1: Corey? Was okay, sure. this was the year before that. Oh. We were all just like, because everybody was really out taking their classes or whatever for the day. That and, makes sense. And all of us came back. We just happened to like rendezvous there, and that was the same year that Greg. We had like a full on war with Greg and grow what we like. We like we like duct taped his tent and duct taped his hammock oh and like the baby goodness. powder and everything and he and one he,
0: thing we learned about duct taping a hammock is that that residue will eat away at the hammock because I remember that was so he got upset which yeah. completely justified yeah sure I yeah. mean we were dumb kids not knowing what we were doing like oh we're gonna tape a chair to your hammock oh but yeah that's what we did and then
1: Greg took all of our stuff out of our tent he like fished it out with like a stick and like some kind of wire or something because he didn't want to go in there and he took it out, and then I came back to find my tent, like, basically empty, and he had strung it up, like, 30 feet high in a tree, and it was all hanging up in a tree, you know, but I mean, we would go on other outings, we would go on, like, whitewater rafting trips and stuff, and it was always the who can get, who can kick who out of their boat and all that stuff, and it was a fun time.
0: Do you remember when Corey was on staff, and the famous, uh, I I call it famous because that was when uh, the camp director, I believe his name was Eric was there. Yeah. And the big moment from that year was, uh, the war going on between Corey and Greg. (laughs) And I just remember the first breakfast we have Corey sitting with us and he goes, Hey, can someone pass me a jelly? Oh yeah. I remember that. (laughs) He opens this jelly. It's like just straight up grape jelly or something. Gives it a little bit of a squeeze to get some up. And he goes, jelly bomb. (laughs) He chunks this jelly across the table at uh, Mr. Gilchrist and it lands perfectly on his chest. <laughs> Left a good little stain and then Greg got up and started to chase Corey oh, around the dining hall. God. I mean that was just an iconic year oh, yeah. for Troop 120 being out at summer camp. We had
1: so many good times man and honestly scouting made like a huge difference in my like overall life. Like if I look back on it thinking about it, I mean in my social development, in my like, you know, just learning basic skills and things that you need to know in life going into adulthood. It was really, really, really good for me. And then that also translated well over to high school band because we did a lot of leadership stuff. You know, you got the NYLT, you got all that stuff that you would
0: do. I was about to say, you was a part of the inaugural Black Warrior Council uh, NYLT
1: program. Yeah, that was in 2011, I think. And um, that was really, really interesting. And at first, I hated it. At first, I hated it. I thought it was terrible, and um, at one point, I actually called my dad, I was like, dad, I hate this, please, like, come get me, I don't want to do this, and basically, dad was like, uh, you really need to do this, you really need to do this, girl. I'm just gonna let you do this, I don't feel like coming to get you, and so I was like, alright, dad, fine, so I just stayed, and I ended up enjoying it, and having a good time by the end, but, um, it, you know, all that type of stuff really, like, definitely helped shape who I am, and then it translated over to, like, band really, really well, which, of course,
0: went into college, and you know, you end up becoming the person that you are. Right. Definitely a high school band, which was the only band experience I had prior to college. High school band was really interesting to me. Uh, I'm not going to name any names, but I had a director that I don't know. I, I don't really think high school was the best place for her to be teaching. And it's not that she wasn't a bad teacher at all. That's not what it was. But it's just the way that she handled some of the situations with older kids. It felt like we were being treated like, you know, little kids that didn't yeah. know what they were doing. Yeah. And that frustrated you guys It a lot. did. It did. Uh, it frustrated the band parents, too. Because I, I, I can't speak on behalf of what happened with the band parents. But I just know that they they also were upset over some of the things that uh, went down. But. I really, and because I didn't go through a beginning, and this is no fault to her or anybody, this is just me being late to the program, I didn't have anybody to really sit down and teach me how to play trumpet, because of course you were busy with school, oh, yeah. and getting prepared for college and such, because this was my sophomore year, you were a junior. Yeah, and you I was were, like hard on the college stuff for like a, pretty much my entire high school career. Yeah, you was just getting ready to get up and get out, and yep. do what all you've got to do, explore sure. life, and pursue playing trumpet. In college, and I really didn't get the the shove that I needed until our band director, who's currently working there now, came in, and he he really did me a number. Uh, he he was definitely inspiring, and the, I think the fact that he played trumpet as well is something that inspired me a little yeah. more because. You know, at that point, the only other great trumpet players, quote unquote, great trumpet players I had seen was just my peers in high school. I hadn't had the experience of somebody who is well versed with the instrument being able to teach me things. And we never got on a uh, plane where it was like private lessons, but little tidbits here and there really helped out in me developing until my senior year, Mm. which I dare say is the year we got the closest was because I decided he was really big about UAB oh, because yeah. that's where he graduated from. He was a, he, I think he marched with your mother in the he inaugural did. Point, uh, marching yeah. blazers, yeah, he did. which was really cool. But uh, UAB has what they call their all-star band day where we let uh, high schoolers from all over the state and some from neighboring states come over and they learn what it's like to be a marching blazer. They come and experience the morning continuity rehearsal, which this one wasn't as bad as our previous year where we had to get up at four AM to be at Legion Field at six you know, o'clock. The
1: continuity rehearsal is definitely not my favorite thing about dance. So
0: it's definitely necessary, but oh, yeah. it's it sure. is, I'm everybody nobody is feeling the continuity rehearsal. But yeah. as soon as continuity rehearsal ends, it's on everybody is ready for game days. Everybody's just really, really tired in those morning hours, and
1: that's like a thing that, like you know, college programs nationwide, you know, definitely do. Um, If you go talk to anybody that goes to like U A or Auburn or anything, or even, I mean, you know, they all are way, way before kickoff, getting ready. You got events and stuff to play for, whatnot. So that's, um, that's just kind of part of the deal, right, college band.
0: But uh, I ended up going to this event, and Christian was there, uh, and a couple of my really good close friends that i have now were in UAB's band at the time. And they were all just excited about the return because this was the same year that UAB football had just came back. So this was probably only the second or third home game that there had even been. So, uh, being able to even have a band day in that year was oh, yeah. absolutely phenomenal. But mm-hmm. I remember I was in the stands just enjoying the crowd and such and I turned to Christian with my friend Brandon who was sitting there. And I don't remember who was next to you. I think it was uh, Jacob or uh, – Oh,
1: yeah. I think I sat with Jacob a lot.
0: It was probably Jacob and then
1: Brad was right next to me. Yeah, him. yeah, yeah.
0: And so – but I remember I turned to you and I was like, I really want to go here. What did you do to come here? And, I mean, you basically told me that I'm going to have to, like, fall on my face hard uh, playing trumpet to get a decent scholarship and just – you know, kick the ACT's butt as hard as I can.
1: Yeah, it's hard. I mean, you know, when I first started school, actually, I was, uh, I remember I was a business major. Oh, yeah. I was in the Kauai School of Business. And so I had a lot of, like, my scholarship money was coming from the Kauai School of Business. And I was there. I was very grateful. I'm still very grateful that that I was given that opportunity. But it took me about nine weeks, probably, into the first semester of college to go, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. And I'm going to be a music ed major because that's what I really care about. And so I changed for the next spring. Lo and behold, they take away all those business scholarships. So, oh yeah, you know that fall after I gave you that talk, um, or that that spring after I was talking to you about that stuff, I was in a hard place, man, because oh, I, yeah. I, you know, I lost a, so much money, and you know, I ended up taking out a loan, and everything worked out, and all blah blah blah. But you know, uh, even like, and I think it's getting harder. I really do think it's getting harder to to get into college, like with each year. I think. Like kids get more competitive, and like the requirements get more, get steeper, and um, you know, the, the the way that they score the ACT is changing, and so right. like it's getting it's it's getting to be you know even though they they like a lot of people are doing well now you can take ACT tests like individually in yeah 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 that's crazy and so yeah that's a really good thing but also like when you you know you start talking about more like competitive programs you know it's going to start being like oh well. You know, it's is no longer good enough. Yeah, it's going to start being thirty fives versus thirty sixes and stuff like that. You know, and I didn't even make a really great score on my ACT. I didn't break a thirty. You know,
0: I didn't break a thirty. I I remember I I took it at the school test, the statewide test in April, and we had a teacher that it was an ACT prep class at my school, and the he, he, the funny thing is, is he was a coach. Normally, your coaches tend to not be the ones who are more focused on the curriculum they're teaching. They're more focused on the sports. But at Dora, we have really good coach teachers. And the, the better part of it was this specific teacher. He was a history teacher, but he also taught this ACT prep class and he put in so much research to understand what tips and tricks you can do. He watched YouTube videos. He read books. He bought a, He bought practice books that had, like, eight tests in it. And this man knew the ACT inside out. It felt like I was taking one of those. uh, There's a famous course out here called Pencils Down. I took one of those, yeah. Which it's supposed to, like, guarantee to bring your score up a couple points or something like that. I think it did get me, like, two. (laughs) Oh, look. I started out with a 19 on my first one. And that was my sophomore year of high school. And right then and there I knew I've got to work my butt off. Yeah. And after that class, and in that April ACT, I made a 27, and I was so, which was my highest score. uh, I took it again. I I had heard the stuff about if you take it in a different community and stuff like that, there are a chance to get like a bonus point or something like that. Yeah, that's not a thing. So I decided to take it at, I was going to take it in, I was going to take it at UAB, but UABs was filled, and the only one that was open was George Washington Carver High School, which is my second. T- I'd been up there for a football game once. Yeah, we but, went up there. We played. And there. They, they have a really good community out there, just uh, people who really care about their kids' education. Yeah, they do. But I went into my ACT class, and it was a brand-new instructor who didn't know exactly what she was doing And then we started taking the the English portion, which is then followed by the math portion. You don't get a break in between the two. And as soon as I got to about question 30 of 70 on this thing, I realized I needed to go to the bathroom really bad. Oh, no. And that is not a good sign whenever you still have about an hour of this test and an hour and 45 minutes of the next test. So to say my mind was in the wrong place during my last ACT test, is an understatement. I see, yeah. And I ended up bombing that one. I think I made like a 23 on that. Yeah. And at that point, I decided, all the right, we're done with the ACT. Man, oh, my I, grade's
1: my grade. Man, I took the ACT, oh, my gosh. And my parents were crazy about how many, like, they wanted me to take it over and over. I took the ACT seven times. And Whoa. then I took the SAT three more times. So, in all in all, I went for 10 total at-bats you know, for, for that. And it never got me higher than about a 25, but I mean, man, we did so much stuff. I don't really know. I I still attest that I'm a bad test taker. Like if you go through and you look at the classes I take, even at UAB, you know, I will do really good on classwork, really good on participation. You have discussions, you have all this stuff. And then we'll go take a test. And that's what gets me my, you know, that's what always gets me in trouble. It makes me fight for an A or a B, or even for a C to a B. But like with the ACT, man, my mom used to wake me up. She would schedule them. She'd write them on the calendar in the kitchen saturdays it'd be like three or four consecutive saturdays we we would spend a month and i would wake up at six o'clock in the morning just like i would on test day i would shower i'd get ready do everything i would start the test the exact time take them in all the same order everything to emulate test day as much as we can my dad and my sister would go out and be out of the house for the day just so we could have a, a quiet house and uh we would take them and we'd score them at home and talk about what i missed and take the class and do whatever but i don't know man i just never really seemed to uh it never really seemed to help me or resonate with me for whatever reason. So I always, you know, I, I talk to, I kind of tell people that story because, you know, it's really easy to get like super discouraged by the ACT. But I'm telling you, you don't know discouraged until you're the kid that's taken it 10 times and you're like, wow, I still can't get a better score. Right. You know? But you you really do move on from it. Uh, once you graduate, you realize how not important that is and how, you know, not defining that is to you as a person.
0: One thing I've started noticing about a lot of universities is including UAB. UAB did this, which made me... You know, I really fought to keep my 4.0 in uh, high school, which I've got a funny story about that in a minute. Uh, with me and my girlfriend, it was just absolutely hilarious. But basically, they don't—you don't have to have a 4.0 to get the highest uh, amount on your scholarship now. For you can have a 3.5 and a 30 and still get full tuition. Oh yeah, you know, I, which honestly, is crazy. I
1: think it was like that when I was in high school. I'm pretty sure. And I don't
0: know when that change happened, but. I'm pretty sure, because I remember people talking. I know for sure it was like that for like Auburn. Oh, yeah. I know it was. It, I think it was for, like that for Auburn and Alabama, uh, University of Alabama at Huntsville. Definitely a lot of the schools in Georgia were like that, but uh-huh. UAB wasn't like that. I and mean, then that's also part of what drew me to coming to UAB. I just realized we just got on a complete tangent, and I, I forgot to finish my thought Though, Back at that band day, uh, we discussed on like how I can get money for college and stuff, and I took all of your advice to heart, and really worked hard on getting some scholarship money. And up comes this beautiful man, who just so happens to be the trumpet professor at UAB. Oh no! So Dr. Oh, no. Good old Dr. Z comes walking up, and uh, we introduce ourselves, and I don't, I don't remember if I already knew him, or if he had... Did you work with him when you were in high school? I, I did after the band day, actually, <laughs> oh, okay, because okay. I remember we introduced <laughs> ourselves and stuff, and he talked to us about coming to UAB, and then you suggested that I email him about uh, getting some lessons.
1: Yeah.
0: and Especially and he... since you were looking at music major. Exactly. And at the time, I wasn't too sure about music major. I originally wanted to go into computer science, but... After talking with my band director at Dora and uh, after a couple lessons with Dr. Z, uh, it really helped me out. Which, by the way, like, if you're... No, no, no. That's for his UAB, guys. That's This isn't me plugging, hey, go, go harass Dr. Z no, for a he, free lesson. he
1: absolutely is not there for that. You know, I mean, he... He, he was really nice and reached out to a couple people that were like, Hey, I want to be a music major and I'm looking at coming. And he said, okay, well, you know, maybe one day, like we can set up a time. We can just talk about it, right. see how you're playing, where are you at? You know, but this is because, you know not like a, you know, go, because, go bother Dr.
0: Z because thing. I just want to let everybody know this guy is, he's called Dr. Z for a reason. He's earned that education and he's, you know, this, this wasn't him just giving me a handout. Uh, if I wasn't going to go to UAB, I was then going to need to pay for my lessons, which is totally justified. But, uh, I remember he asked me if I was going to be coming to UAB and I, I was so happy to do this. I pulled it up on my phone and just showed him my acceptance. And that was the biggest feeling of just excitement that I've ever had. And so then he started, uh, working with me towards my, uh, what, what would it be? My, uh, for my audition for the marching band, I didn't actually audition to be a music major until my, uh, fall, uh, jury of college. Oh, yeah. But, uh, he started preparing me for that. I remember that I would leave marching band practice because this was in September whenever we started setting things up. So yeah. I've been studying with Dr. Z for almost three years now, which is pretty great, but, uh, I would leave marching band practice on, leave believe it would be on Tuesdays, and I would immediately drive to UAB in my stinky clothes and my sweaty gym shorts and all this mess, and we would have a lesson. And that is when I really started understanding how to play the trumpet because uh, in my first lesson with Dr. Z, I realized that I am really not okay yeah, I'm not very good at uh, playing the trumpet. Uh, we, we did some basic exercises, and it really didn't go well. And he really broke down the things that I had learned before and things that I still struggle with today and really taught me the trumpet. Well, man, I don't think it was so much that you were like not good at playing trumpet. I think it's just a matter of, you know, it, it's a hard thing to do to start out. You know, like... Whoops, it's about to cut out on us. Hang on. We'll be right back. Okay, we are back. I completely forgot that we are only able to record for 30 minutes in the web browser, so I might be looking into a new venue to start doing that. But let's go ahead and pick back up where we left off. Yeah. So, like, I don't think it's so much that you were like bad at, at playing trumpet or bad at music or whatever.
1: I think a lot of people really get the wrong idea with that. Um, you know, it's like, well, when any of us started, I think it's so rare for somebody to just pick up the horn and know how to do anything. And like for me, when I started, dude, oh my gosh, I was terrible. I mean, oh my God, I cannot even tell you, man. I mean, And and it took a long time. And it was like, you know, in high school, I mean, I was getting into Arben in high school. And I I was getting, you know, I was looking at people on YouTube. How can I sound like them? How can I play like them? How can I read like that? You know, whatever it is that I can do just to try to emulate the people that were doing it at the professional level. Even though I know I wasn't doing it like that. I would notice little things and go, oh, okay, well, this is getting better. Or this is getting better. And I would work on it and just try really hard to just advance my skills. And so with you coming in late, it, was, it wasn't it was a matter of, well, you're just naturally bad at this. Right. No, I don't think that at all. I think that you actually have a knack for, like, the community and, like, fitting in here and, like, really making, a, ma- like, making things happen and really, you know, being good at it, actually. You know, for you, it was just a matter of, well, you just came in late and you just needed somebody to help you get started. And that's kind of been the whole point. Of Like kind of the the battle that you guys have fought in your lessons, like up to this point, you know, but I feel like you've definitely had a lot of people like on your side about it, you know, like really behind you with it. And, you know, you're going to get this and you're going to work this out. And think about the juries and stuff that you're playing now compared to like where you were. I mean, I,
0: I couldn't imagine playing the pieces that I'm playing, which granted now that I'm on a level that I'm at, what I'm playing right now, isn't really difficult the one the one thing that always frustrates me in my lessons, and it's not, you know, it it's to nobody's fault but my own. But we'll be we'll be playing something with Dr. Z and he'll, I'll I'll continuously mess something up. And that's one thing that
1: all, we does all not do it. It, it's yeah.
0: n- mistakes happen, but at some point you've got to make the transition in your brain that okay, I'm not gonna make that mistake again. Right. And he harps on that. And, and it it should. And that's exactly how you should do. And I'm really bad at making that connection, there for some reason. Yeah, I get that. And so I'll continuously make this mistake. And then at some point, he's just got to let me know, like, Matthew, I played this as a junior in high school. <laughs> and, you know, my instant thought is, well, Dr. Z, not everybody's you, but Dr. Z started out in the same place we all did. Yeah, just, so, a different,
1: just earlier in life or wherever exactly. he started out,
0: you know. I mean, we've all
1: had our moments, you know, for sure. You know, like I, I was telling – I was telling you earlier, you know, one time he told me that, um, he said, you're like a wide receiver that can run really, really fast, but every time we throw you the ball, you drop it, you know, and that made me think, and for me, I didn't take that as like an insult or a slap in the face, I I definitely took that as, okay, well, I know what I need to work on, and for me at the time, and even still now, a lot of times, it's like reading, you know, because I can play something, and it can sound pretty, but you know, if I if I can't read it off the page, really, who, what good does that do anybody?
0: Exactly. So
1: I've really had to spend a lot of time working on that, too.
0: Dr. Z is very good at taking these large, these really big problems that we would have in trumpet playing and just dumbing it down mm-hmm. really low yeah, he does. to where we can understand. So props to Dr. Z for just... Being an all-around amazing teacher.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think we all get we all get a lot out of it, you know. And I mean, you know, this with this COVID nineteen going on, it has been like the lessons. You know, we had lessons, but I, we had to spend so much time working on technology and trying to like how we're going to do this electronic jury and all that type of stuff. And God bless Jackson for doing an entire um,
0: recital, you know, Yeah, which no sounded
1: one. great, but like. Still, man, you know that I know how hard that had to be, but we knew Jackson would pull that off because of who he is. But like, you know that that kind of leads me into the next thing I was going to talk about is how COVID nineteen is like affected the everything that we do in music. It's been really crazy because I I teach a lot of lessons now, right? I teach weekly lessons, and um I have been teaching them still on Zoom, man. And I've still got students that are taking through the summer with Zoom. And it is just, man, I mean, at a certain point, I'm like, I've forgotten what it's even like to teach lessons in person. And so there's so many things you can't do. You can't read together. You can't play duets. You know, all these things that are really, really good experiences to have in lessons with your students are things that you can't do anymore. And you also can't look, okay, well, what's their face doing? Does it look like it's, you know, does it look like there's a problem going on there? It's, it's really, really hard. And I think about Z having to do that for us at the collegiate level. I think, oh, my gosh, like that's got to be really, really tough for him, you
0: know. Though I think every one of the employees, whether it be just at UAB or in the music department alone, really did their hardest to make our classes as seamless as a transition onto the online space as possible. I remember in my aural skills class, uh, our first module, well, I don't even, it didn't really come out like a module. Uh, Our professor just sent them out in, uh, little waves like she'd give us like a week and a half or two weeks to submit it we would have to sing a uh like some sort of a chord progression and do a couple of examples out of our book yeah. but other than that i mean we and we were all they were always available for us if we needed to talk to them or whatnot we could set up hours to have like a little zoom lesson or something like that yeah but not having that in-person experience really hurt
1: me Four a lot was that?
0: That was for oral skills, too.
1: Dude, that just, man, oral skills, honestly, very important class. But if I had to pick a class in college that I hated more than any other class, it's got to be oral skills.
0: And, you know, my thing is, it's not, it's, you know, one thing, a lot of people hate their courses because of their teacher and not because of the coursework. Yeah, I love, 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 love my oral skills. Like, oh, i don't sorry. really
1: have an issue with the teacher as but I do. The,
0: like, oh doing, learning how to sing doing it is the worst is thing
1: yeah it's, I, it's rough and you, man you because you like you find yourself singing these tests especially like right at the end of borrow skills four i was getting dude i was getting so pissed off because i i was sitting there trying to record myself singing these things and they were just really really wonky they were like Touching on atonality, basically, and yep. I didn't have a way to really structure what I was trying to do, and it was really, really getting on my nerves. And I remember, like, right at the end of this last semester, just getting so mad. And, like, just having, like, 89 recordings on my phone and my recently yes. deleted of, like, <laughs> me
0: getting mad, just turning it off. One thing that's really interesting about my uh, about my oral skills, though, is right in the middle of the quarantine, I started going to church with my girlfriend. And uh, she go we, we now go to Church Christ out in uh, Quintown. And something I didn't understand before I came in is that uh, they do all of their singing a cappella. And there are a lot of reasons for that in the uh, Bible that I won't get into right now. But whenever. And I knew this because I started joint. I started going with them during marching season in the fall of 2018, or yeah, in 2018. So that because my church started an hour earlier and I wouldn't be able to make it to church on time. They started at seven o'clock, so I was able to make it. Basically, every church service is some sight singing because
1: man, it's all to you.
0: it's all new music that I'm not used to. And the best part about it is. It's all always in different keys: soprano, alto, tenor, bass. It's usually in six eight or nine eight or something like that. Yeah. So I'm really getting some good oral skills practice in my church, which is uh, something I never thought that would happen. Yeah, but for sure. it's been really good. And now, of course, and you know, I was doing really good on oral skills. But one way that this COVID has affected me. Is I love to sleep in now. I used to be so good at getting up at, you know, 530, 6 a.m. Get to school an hour early before theory with uh, my theory professor. Yeah, man, which you were a better
1: man than me. Good but, God, I was not doing that. I mean, I mean, I was. I would get there early sometimes, but like I didn't start getting to school early for theory until I theory didn't start until ten ten, and then I would get there early. But when it started at eight a.m., man. It ain't happening
0: we realized early on that uh me and my group of RL skills, which we actually uh we have a group chat on Groupme, which is I think it's called like theory slash R homies or something like that. Yeah. And it's literally just a cl- just a group chat with our theory friends and our RL skills friends. So we can post things and ask questions and be able to like if we don't understand a concept in class. We can ask a peer maybe understand it, and if we don't understand it from there, we can go to our professor yeah. and with it, and then whatever he tells us, we can share through that medium. Right, yeah. Which, it helps, us, it, it helps us all out so much in that aspect, just because we don't really understand what we're doing in that class, because not all of us grew up from a music background. Theory one is an eye-opening experience, because... Yeah. You go into that class thinking you know so much about music, and then you get slapped in the face on that first quiz. Oh yeah, you realize you know nothing. And
1: man, it's actually really impressive that you were getting up and getting there that early because you live so far away from campus. Oh yeah. During theory one, I was living in uh, I was living in Fultondale at the time and i had an a
0: 15 minute drive
1: yeah dude it wasn't nothing i mean in the morning traffic wasn't great but like man at the end of the day like i lived pretty close to campus i mean also i had a vehicle that was uh, un, you know you could not depend on it at all but whatever you know i mean now <clears throat> i live much further away but it did it did do me good i don't know what it is about living further away you just feel like if i don't get up and go i won't make it but um
0: pretty much yeah
1: but, yeah, like, so you've been living this whole different type of, like, college lifestyle, really being a true commuter student, living at home with your family, getting up, doing your own thing, you know, despite whatever they got going on, you know, and that, and I kind of lived, like, the, not the total opposite, because I wasn't in a dorm, but I've been, like, in apartments, closer to campus, doing my own thing in life, you know, it's been a really, really different experience that we've had, but, I mean, it's, at the end of the day, taking a lot of the same stuff, you know.
0: It's really weird how our paths have kind of crossed in life. Because we, we've done a lot of the same things. We're both interested in a lot of yeah, yeah. the same things. We both have the same occupation somehow. Yeah, yeah. that's you crazy. Know, we both... So, uh, for those who don't know, we're both servers. So Oh, yeah. that's we, I forgot about that. Look, we could probably have an entire episode just us talking about work. Dude, but holy crap. that would be some... And I'm trying really hard, speaking of that, you know, I'm trying really hard to figure out like what
1: even I'm going to do with that with this COVID thing because I, you know, I'm hearing like because we're at the restaurant that I work in, um, I'm hearing different things. I've got some managers saying we might open in mid July. I got some managers saying we're not going to open. Oh, y'all aren't
0: open yet. No, man. And dude, I've
1: got my GM told John yesterday. He said, uh, he was like, well, honestly, man, we're looking at August and that's even if we reopen because that's not a lock yet either. Oh, wow. So I don't really know what's going to happen. And a bunch of my server friends have transferred to different locations already, kind of giving up hope and stuff.
0: That's crazy. Yeah, my, so I, I
1: really don't know what, what I'm going to do yet. I need to call him
0: today, probably. My location uh, out in Fultondale, we, as soon as they put out that restaurants can open back up and they gave out the guidelines. Yeah. I got a text that day that we were having a meeting the following day to go over the guidelines and yeah. stuff. And then we were gonna open the next day, like I mean, it was immediate. We right. were opening, dude.
1: I was, and
0: it it was really nice just just to be able to get out of the house, go go to work, enjoy. Wearing a face mask and serving is the worst thing in the world. Yeah, I'm concerned about that myself, but mm-hmm. just make sure you get necessary evils. You know, is what. It yeah, is. wearing wearing gloves isn't as big of a deal because, I mean, it's not like. For me, it's mainly just like, oh, great. Well, now, whenever I'm pouring ranch dressing, I won't get it all over myself or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. But it's been really weird because now tables have to be spaced out six feet apart. So so do you guys even feel like you've been getting, like, good business? Yeah, actually, we have. Really? When it first started out, it wasn't too great. You know, a lot of people were scared to come out. But yeah, uh, my last day working was last thursday today today is uh the 6th of june so last thursday was my well no i guess it wasn't last week before week before last okay so uh i'm actually out of work right now because i'm having surgery on my ankle oh yeah we gotta talk about that more too i don't
1: know what's going on with that yeah we'll be there in a
0: second so but uh, on my last day, the tables that I, so w- one rule is you can't pull tables together. Right.
1: You can't make big parties and stuff. Right. Right? The
0: maximum party size is eight people. Okay. So we have uh, a set of booths that can have six people in them. Right. And our rule is that on, in those booths, you can only have six people because that's how much the table is for. That right. That's our rule. And there are booths right next to them that are not six feet apart that can hold four people, and so, oh, so that's there how you do are, the eight. Okay. Well, no, we can't do. We can't do. That. They have to because that entire section is closed for social distancing because then no one can walk in the middle of the walkway. Oh, I see. So basically, what had to happen is uh, there are eight tables. Uh, for those who don't know, the way they structure tables is they have sections. And normally it's like you have the 10s, which is like a certain number of tables. You have the 20s, which is a certain number of tables, stuff like that. Well, I'm in the 10s, which uh, it's 10 through 18. So it's eight tables total. And in all of those, actually, no. I don't know. but (laughs) Whatever. Yeah, but it's every other table. And so these are all six tops. So that was the real money-making section those days. Because even if parties of six weren't coming in, you were still getting these two tops, these four tops. But then these six tops would come in. I got a party of 11 one of these days. And the way they did it is they split them up between two of those booths with one booth in between. And people were not happy with that. And I wasn't happy with it either because I was having to run back and forth between two booths. Yeah, that's terrible. I've done that. It was yeah. really annoying. But the people have been really understanding of the mm-hmm. situation. So you've actually enjoyed going back for the most part? It's been I really good. did enjoy it. I didn't enjoy going back after my orthopedic appointment and having to wear a boot because I forgot whenever you wear a boot it redistributes that pressure somewhere else. Oh. And let's just say I'm glad I'm in band because I got calves of steel, Man. but I was limping by the end of the day. It was yeah. bad. Yeah. So what's so what happened to your foot? What's the deal <sighs> with it? So do you remember back in 2019, it was it was pretty nice. We were all coming back ready for our January uh, chair placements, and I come rocking in on this big old boot. Yeah, I do remember that. So – Back then, uh, probably about a month before – or not a month, like a week or two before that, I was at my grandmother's house helping out uh, something. I don't remember what it was. Doing something for her and my grandfather, him rest in peace, love that man to death. But uh, we – I guess it was raining or something, and I was walking on like some piece of wooden ramp that goes down to her porch. Yeah. And I just slipped. And, you know, whenever you slip and you weigh like 230 pounds, it's not a great fall. And not a good s- somehow my right ankle ended up under my butt. And I just completely sat on that sucker. Oh, and no. it twisted and made a little pop and Ooh. swelled up to the size of a tennis ball. Uh, my dad took me to the ER and they said nothing was wrong. You know, it was just, you know, you almost tore a ligament or something like that. So we, we got to rehab that. Went to orthopedic, they didn't see anything wrong, put me in a boot for a little while, and that was that. Yeah. So basically what had happened is there was a lesion on my talus, which is you know, your ankle bone and whatnot, right. and, or one of the bones in your ankle. And it, it, it showed up, well, it didn't show up in my x-rays back then because it was so small. But now that lesion grew, and since I've been walking on my, you know, I did an entire marching season on it. Yeah. Uh, Just my normal, okay, college, you walk around a lot. I typically get about 12,000 steps a day. That is a
1: depressing fact about college. I hated it. Dude, every day, every single day at school my my like apple watch it's like got the little fitness rings or whatever on it yes. my apple watch is going off it's like yeah brother <laughs> you are killing it today and i'm like man i'm just walking around and i am miserable God. the best
0: one in the world is whenever it, i don't know <clears> if you <throat> have like a uh, stairs counter but whenever it's like yeah you've walked 20 flights of steps today and it's oh, like my God. it's just like Really now? I
1: had all these classes in humanities. Yeah, <laughs> stairs. Pretty much. Yeah, I don't trust that elevator over there,
0: man. I don't think anyone Bro, does. That elevator's sketchy. I mean, I've
1: ridden it, you know, if I'm like really feeling lazy or something, but like. You know, you know what I miss. You know what, one thing that I really miss about school. What's that? I miss being the Mountain Dew guy that always the had Mountain in. Dew guy. I always, in the morning at theory, every single day, I had like a dollar or two for the vending machine, and I got a Mountain Dew for breakfast every day for a long time.
0: I mean, you gotta have that sugar rush right before you go into theory. I
1: eventually had to stop because I would be, I would get like halfway through Mountain Dew in theory, and I'd be like. I'm so depressed about this Mountain Dew. And then I would <laughs> literally throw it away, and I would be like, I'm over this. And I would go give up and end up getting Starbucks anyway. Just like literally let's see how much money we can waste on drinks before 12 o'clock in the afternoon. You know, it's terrible.
0: And then right before you go to R.O. Skills, you decide we're going to take a Taco Bell trip, grab a Baja Blast while we're out there. I've done it so many times, man. Dude, I know I've been with you. I remember when you, and, you I, and Neil went... <laughs> Got, we all got Crunch Supremes, and y'all looked to be weird when I said add guacamole to mine. Dude,
1: I need to try that. I forgot about that. That's a
0: good, that was Dude, so good. I'm probably gonna go, I'm gonna probably go to Taco Bell today, <laughs> and I'm gonna probably try that. Hey, that's mm-hmm. what I had this morning for breakfast, so. Really? Yes. I got Taco Bell on the way over here. Are they starting breakfast over there? Well, no, you, you got the lunch, but you had it for breakfast. Yeah. I see, I see, I see. I got the lunch when I had it. Man, for speaking
1: breakfast. of that, that's another thing that's been making me mad lately. What is like, okay. I get it. You know, Taco Bell, they weren't making that much money off breakfast. But personally, I was like a, like a number one fan of Taco Bell breakfast. I got Taco like, Bell breakfast is good. Dude, I got it all the time. And when, then when the COVID-19 started, they were like, all right, well, we're not serving breakfast. We're not going to open until 11 a.m. We're going to do lunch. And I was, I had to spend the whole day just crying. I was like, man, <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to eat before 12 a.m. And then I was like, I know what the solution is. Instead of just waking up and eating something else for breakfast before 12, instead of that, I'll just sleep until three or four, and not have to worry about it, and only have one option. Pretty I, much, that's pretty much what I lived by. Like I don't know, because like even during the semester, man, like even though we were we were in full time school online, I would do all my score from probably about eleven p.m. to about five a.m. Then I would sleep until twelve and. Uh, at Twelve or one, and then I would wake up leisurely and start homework probably about 8, seven or eight that night. See, the I
0: night. was a complete opposite when this all. So, uh, one thing about me is I before all of this happened, which this COVID has been a really gro- good growing time for me. And uh, let's see, we got about nine minutes left on here, so I'll kind of make this short. But I got really upset because it just happened so suddenly, and I really—that's my getaway at school. And it's not like, you know, I have a bad, I don't have a bad home life or anything, but I really don't enjoy being alone. And I really, while I'm at school, I feel like I'm being very productive. And so whenever that Friday they were like, Hey, everybody move your stuff out of your dorms. I mean, me and a couple of my best friends, I called them. I'm like, Hey, if you need help moving stuff out of your dorm, let me know. I thought they were staying another night and we were going to all go on this hangout together. And once we got them packed up, they're like, all right, well, I think we're ready to go. Huh? Because, you know, uh, me and my Kappa Kappa Psi brothers, we were going to have a little bit of a hangout or something. We we were going to hang out in the Hill Center, get some lunch, and just have a good time. But they upped and left that day, and that really struck a chord with me. And I went home, and it was funny. uh, I had called my now-girlfriend, Mary, And she really put things into perspective of me that, you know, this might be a good time to change. And so this has been a characteristic trait I've had ever since I was little. Like, I would always try to be texting somebody, be Snapchatting somebody, whether it's just empty conversation. What are you doing every five seconds? Just some form of communication. But I spent six out of seven days hanging out with her. And then after that, like at least three times a week, up leading up until school started back, we would do something. Right. And I don't know what it was about it, but uh, it really put things into perspective of, for me that I don't have to talk to somebody twenty four seven. gone
1: through a lot of I've, I've come, uh, I've, I've gotten a lot more um, used to just being alone. Sometimes you know you don't right. think about that because like you get used to the busyness of life and you're around people doing stuff all the time. And then you sit alone in your house for one day and you're like, well, I'm sad. And then right. you, you know, and but then you eventually you're like, okay, well, let's find other things things for my time. Let's do that. Let's make some music. Let's make a podcast. Let's do whatever, you know I mean? I mean all kinds of little like activities and you're going to be really probably getting into this cause you're going to
0: be off the foot for so long. Yeah. You know? I'm planning on, so right now the plan is, is I'm going to try and record two to three episodes a week. Okay. Uh, probably for about a month just to see what happens right now. I'm trying to compile a couple episodes before, uh, my surgery I go into surgery on Monday the 8th so mm-hmm. my plan is to have an episode posted that Friday and I'm actually it's gonna it's crazy what my idea is so I don't know if I need to post a regular episode first or this one but what I'm gonna end up doing is uh, I'm gonna record myself talking a little bit the morning of my surgery or the night before my surgery, you know, how I'm- which would be tomorrow, yeah, talking up like how I'm feeling and stuff. Uh, I'll record a little bit on the way there with my mother after surgery. I'll record a little bit, you know, just saying how I feel, and then when I get home, I'm gonna record a little bit just saying, you know, I'm at home, this is where I'm at at the moment, yeah. So, okay, cool. So, you'll have some material then, right? Sure. I'm thinking I can probably squeeze out like 30 minutes and into- out of that, and it'd be really good just to. You know, I can make a Facebook post saying, hey, I'm fine. But th- that would be a real good way to just yeah. really let everybody know how I'm doing.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. And we will definitely all want to know for sure. But, yeah, dude, oh. I think it's going to be really fun when we get – got to get John and Neil on one of these, you know. John this and has kind of been, you know, this has kind of been, like, our one of our opening podcasts for this, like, kind of doing, like, a more serious, like, just talking about stuff, introduce people, whatever. But we'll have one, like, with John and Neil. I feel like that will really be, like, a strictly, like, comical – like, day for the most part, you know? I'm going,
0: oh, goodness. So, one thing I'm wanting to do is, I think it'd be really cool if I got enough people watching this, or listening to this, not watching, I'm I'm not doing YouTube, that I could monetize and then start, or set up, like, a Patreon or something like that where people can support me. Right. If they If they so feel. Patreon's a place where I can, like, offer, like, exclusive content and stuff like that for people who... Pledge a certain amount of money per month to help start getting some better equipment to where I could do like a group of like four or five people at the same time.
1: Yeah, obviously. get some
0: better audio equipment because this microphone I have right now is nice, but you know I could really invest in this and get to yeah, enjoy could, it a little. This more. could go somewhere for you. Man. This could I'm a, hoping this so. Could be, this could be a really really cool thing that you do. You, you know, know, I'm not looking to monetize. I'm not looking to make a lot of money off any money off of this, but. I think if it did take off, it would be really interesting. It'd be so. a fun time, yeah. I do
1: think so. I mean, you think you could do John and Neil with this one. I think we could set it up a certain way. We could at least do one like that.
0: Yeah. Hi, it's me again. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, please make sure whatever platform you're using to watch this podcast that you rate it five stars and recommend it to a friend. I'm looking to post some more chats here in about another week or so. My daily schedule that I'm thinking of is probably on Fridays we'll have a new episode, but that just depends on how I can get people to come in and do episodes for. Uh, It'll either be weekly or bi-weekly, so just make sure you're on the lookout, uh, subscribe to the podcast, and I hope you all have a wonderful day.